podcasting. Woo! Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting, incredible, amazing, fast episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. My name is Matt. I am uh, one of your two hosts based in the beautiful Prescott, Arizona. With me, my good buddy, Mr. East Coast, Mr. Oh, it's cold over here, Mysterious Mike Talent. Hey, everybody. Hey, yeah, you know, it is, it's starting to get cold. I know it's been cold over there for a while, but, you know, over here in intercourse, it's it's 40 degrees, all right? So it's a little cold, and it's going to get down to 34. I know, over there, it's been freezing for a long time. You guys are finally getting your cold snap. Finally. Yeah, yeah. All right, Mike, so talking about things that are fast- this might be a, maybe a long-ish podcast. I don't know. There's lots of information. There's lots to, di- to digest. This weekend, we both went and watched James Mangold's latest, Ford versus Ferrari. Yep. Yep. We sure did. And it was, uh, it, it was great. So for Real Film Nerds podcast, episode number... 146 we are reviewing good job matt good job versus ferrari i know i completely forgot to do it on dr sleep i i dropped the ball when i was editing it i was like ah crap i forgot to say what episode number well episode 146 for november 20th 2019 there we go i even got a date in there wow oh man dude you're looking good well thanks mike I know you like this new video chat that we're doing through the Skypes, but I mean, Jesus, I'm blushing over here. Nice. All right, Mike, go ahead. Do it. Give us the rundown on Ford v. Ferrari. All right. So uh, Ford v. Ferrari or Ford versus Ferrari in my mind. Hey, uh, hey, the title is Ford v. Ferrari. No, there's no VS. It's V. I know, but it's to me, it's versus. All right. Well, that, of Ford course, v, that's Ferrari. what it is. Of course, that's what it is. I'm just, you know, but uh, being a dick. Director is uh, James Mangold. Uh, writers are uh, Jez Butterworth, John Henry Butterworth, and Jason Keller. This movie starring Matt Damon, Christian Bale, John Bernthal, Josh Lucas, uh, Tracy Letts, and Ray McKinnon. And this movie's about American car designer Carol Shelby and driver Ken Miles battle corporate interference, the laws of physics, and their own personal demons to build a revolutionary race car for Ford and challenge Ferrari at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in 1966. All right, Mike. So I know you're not like a super car guy. I, I would say me and you are probably at the same level of car guy. Uh, I've been to probably more races than you oh, have yeah, for sure i've been to a few drags i've been to do quite a bit of nascar racing i mean i don't know if you remember growing up as kids my father and i did that a lot on saturday nights we would go to tucson yeah yeah no i remember you you went to a lot of races a lot more races i don't think i've ever been to like a race really besides maybe some like stock car what are the jerk track ones 
No, those are that's the equivalent. Yeah, stock car. That's NASCAR style. Yeah, the big circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I nothing, think I've been to a couple of those. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I've been to quite a few. I actually never went to a dirt track race until I started working for newspapers. I always went to uh, asphalt, but smaller asphalt. You know, I super trucks, man. Super trucks were like my favorite. But I, I would consider myself not a huge car guy. I would consider myself higher than average. I do try and do as much work as I can on my own vehicles. If it's too complicated or I don't have the time, then I pay for someone to do it. Mike, where do you consider yourself on the level of car guy? Uh, I think I know about a lot of the car stuff, but I'm not uh, like a, I don't know, a rabid fan of different things. Like I'm not seeking out going to races and stuff, but... I, I read about a lot of the different car tech and, and, and records and different things. So I, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of in between. I, I'm knowledgeable about kind of how the things are going along, but I don't pay super close attention. Okay. So here you go. If you could have any car right now as your daily driver, what would you have? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I'd, I'd be stuck between a, like a Tesla model three performance or, uh, I'm really, uh, digging the, the new, uh, Corvette stingrays. Nice. Good answer. Good answer. So I always default to my classic. I would love to have my father's car that he had in college, the 67 Pontiac GTO. I think that would be freaking awesome, but I would love to have a Tesla because they are freaking insane when it comes to performance, especially the Model 3 with its, uh, what do they call it, Super Drive or whatever? Uh, well, there is ludicrous speed. Ludicrous speed, yeah, which is basically like their engine, un well, not engine, their motor, like unrestricted, and you got to yeah, pay a yeah. lot to have it extra. Yeah, you know, you know where they got that from, right, man? Of course, spaceballs. We reviewed it on the on on the pod. Yeah, the yeah. spaceballs. Spaceballs. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to have maybe a Tesla Model Three. I I don't think they're very pretty cars. I think they're ugly as shit, but their performance <laughs> is good. I like their performance. Um, I agree with uh, the Corvette Stingray. I my uh, boss um, Brad Bergamini. Uh, if you're looking to buy or sell a house in Prescott, here I'll have to give me money. Uh, you know, hit us up, the Burger Mini Group. We're in downtown Prescott on Whiskey Row. But he got a uh, big old poster uh, from the Chevy dealership of a Stingray, and it's in the office. And he keeps saying he's going to take it home and give it to his kids, but it hasn't happened yet. It's still in the office. And that's a beautiful car, but one that's probably more in the price range. And it's uh, not really because I'm poor, but. I would like to think it's more in the price range would be like a Dodge Challenger or a Dodge Charger. I think those are both pretty, pretty cool looking cars. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty good looking. I'd say the Camaro, but I don't fit in the Camaros like well. And I know that from experience from riding in our uh, buddy Aaron's Camaro. I did not fit in it real well at all. It freaking moved like a bat out of hell though. That's for sure. Oh, nice. Nice. Very well powered. Oh, yeah. I, I don't remember what version Aaron has specifically, but uh, it's definitely more than 300 horsepower. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It well, was what is, blast. Uh, what is the... Is it a Challenger or Charger? I get them a little confused. Which one has the Hellcat version? Both of them have Hellcat versions, but the most known is the Challenger. 
Yeah. Ah, okay. Those things are crazy. Yeah. The challengers are freaking sweet. And there are people in Prescott, Arizona that own Hellcats, and you will see them. Now, the Hellcats look just like the shitty challengers that have like the V6s in them and stuff. They look the exact same because the body's the same, but they have the little Hellcat symbols. So you got to know what you're looking for. But those cars are amazing. Yeah, those those seem like they're just crazy. I know they're quite a bit more expensive, but on the the scheme of things, they're not for what you're getting. All right, so that got off on a really hard hard tangent, but I I kind of anticipated that because it just shows that you and I are saying that we're car guys is probably not quite right, but we're higher than average. We both love vehicles. We both love speed. So, Mike, how did you love this movie? Uh, I thought it was I thought it was really good. I I thought the chemistry between uh, Matt Damon and Christian Bale was uh, really good, and I liked the way this movie was set up. Kind of like there's kind of th- like kind of two stories going on. There's you know there's the little guys who have all the talent but don't have any of the money, and then there's the big corporate guys who have all the money don't have this talent and then there's the you know embedded institution uh ferrari and how they're going to beat them and i thought it was a cool dynamic of you know and it's neat because this really happened well speaking of this really happened mike did you take my recommendation and watch the 24-hour war documentary by adam carolla no i didn't watch it man and I, I i believe it's all about this movie as well right it's the same subject it's kind of the inspiration for this movie corolla did the doc in 2016 and they have had the script and they've had the rights to this story for years to do a film and they finally did it of course when the rights and everything actually were released and fell out of expired or whatever there's actually a lot of litigation going on right now behind the scenes, but oh, Corolla did a documentary. It's called the 24 hour war. It's pretty much the same story. It's a documentary. Um, it is currently available to watch on Netflix. I used to be on Amazon. It was either last pod or two pods ago. I was saying it's on Amazon. It is not on Amazon It's actually on Netflix. And it is well worth a watch before or after going to watch this movie. I've watched it before. I haven't watched it since it came out in 2016, but I watched it after I watched this movie. Just kind of, you know, when I was editing photos and, you know, kind of nonchalantly. But it adds a whole lot more to this film. I really, really, really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was great. The one complaint I have, though, is they really made Enzo Ferrari look like a bad guy, and he was not a bad guy. Um, You know, they did a little bit, but I feel like they made uh, Josh Lucas's character, uh, Leo BB or whatever, uh, much worse of a bad guy than than anyone else in this. Yeah, well, that's that's for sure. I just, I don't think Enzo was a bad guy at all. He was just a dude that wanted to win races. That's it. And they made him look like the enemy, and he wasn't. He was just a race car owner. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he lo- like, I think in his mind, in many people's mind, Ferrari was built on racing, 
And so every time that they won this, it was like solidifying their their history of of winning and 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 technology and you know handmade Italian love. You know, like it was just a big thing that they took it very. Uh, it was very nationalistic, I guess, with Ferrari representing Italian built you know, beautiful race car stuff, you know? Well, Enzo built cars and sold cars to people so he could race. Ford, on the other hand, got into racing to sell cars. So it's two kind of different mindsets. And so which one is good, which one is bad, that, you know, it is what it is. But Ferrari is synonymous with luxury and just a badass car because they never wanted to sell cars to people. They only started selling cars to people because they had to. Oh, neat. Yeah, cool. Now, didn't they also make, like, was it tractor equipment before they were doing racing? I don't know. They don't go into that in the documentary, really. Okay. Probably. I wouldn't put it past them, but... Yeah, I, I think they might have made tractors. I, I I don't know. So, anyways. All right. Well, Mike, um, should I ask the most important question of all of our entire podcast and get it out of the way so we can start spoiling it? I mean, it's kind of hard because like, we can spoil this movie now because it is a true story. Car people know this story. Um, I've known this story. You know, Lamaze, is one of the biggest baddest races ever it's not the same today but you know it's still a pretty badass race everybody knows the outcome but uh for those of you who don't know the story and are going to see this movie you know what let's just keep the spoilers to ourselves all right man so what are you drinking right now <sighs> well mysterious mike talent or mr talent or lord talent i'm drinking a beer that you left in my house that you brought on the airplane which I still am crazy that you have like a bag for bringing beers on the airplane with you. This is a pretty smart idea, I guess. Yeah. But Mike, it is a Gord's Gone Wild pumpkin ale from the Tampa Bay Brewing Company that you brought with you. I'm guessing you bought like a six pack or more to be able to have a couple left over. Yes. Yes, I did. But it is a quality brew. It is 6% alcohol per volume. And I like that it's a full pint. Yeah, no, it's a tall boy. I like that too. Okay, Mike, so uh, what IPA are you drinking today? So, Matt, you you might be shocked, but I'm not drinking an IPA. Lies! Yeah, you know, I was telling you that it was kind of cool. I got my sweater on. So, I decided to drink something that will warm me up. It's a breakfast stout from Founders. So it's a double chocolate coffee oatmeal stout. Oh, so you did take my suggestion to drink something that's caffeinated. Dude, is that a little baby on the front eating cereal? That's hilarious. (laughs) For those of you who are not on our feed, because it's just Mike and I, it is a young baby eating cereal is the label of the beer. That is pretty funny. Yes, it's a a well-known beer, but uh, it's a good one, man. Well, all right, Mike, now it's my turn to ask my question. Mike, how does Ford v. Ferrari relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? 
All right, man. Good question, as always. Uh, this one wasn't too hard. Um, that's what she the said. The actor. <laughs> oh, that's the a actor, sad. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a sad one. Um, the actor is, uh, who play who plays um, Roy Lunn, uh, which is J.J. Feld, was also in Captain America: The First Avenger, and he played a character James Montgomery Fallsworth. Nice. Yeah. So the streak continues. Yeah, it is actually really incredible how many movies have related. I mean, I guess when you think about it, what is there, 22, 23 movies in the MCU right now? Is it 20? Is it really that many? Yeah, dude, I think so. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to sit down and count each one. Yeah, but anyway. Where's Alexa? It's Alexa! <laughs> <laughs> see i can't afford an assistant so i got alexa she does my bidding nice does she do your laundry yet no she should and she should well no she can order you groceries but then i gotta pay more for them so that's some shit oh yeah like they charge for delivery and crap right well especially here since they don't have that one day amazon stuff here you know oh yeah 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 We'll get a warehouse here eventually. I mean, everybody's getting a warehouse now, so. Fulfillment center. Warehouses are negative connotation. They're both negative connotations. Jesus. Okay, Mike, so let's go ahead and spoil Ford v. Ferrari. Okay. Go for it. Let's see. Ken Miles. Ken Miles, I knew a little bit about his story, but this really delved deep into his story, and I thought the, this film was more about the relationship between Carol Shelby and Ken Miles versus the Ford versus Ferrari. Yes, the Ford versus Ferrari is the reason why they were friends and all this other stuff kind of happened. Well, no, it wasn't why they were friends, but it's why they started working for Ford and why everything kind of came to fruition and why they did this, you know, the big race or races actually because it spans 64, 65, and 66. I still feel this movie was more about their relationship than it was about the racing. I think the racing was, you know, it was the complete third act, which was well-earned, but that's not the majority of the film. This was more of a film about people and their friendships and overcoming adversity and doing anything and everything for your passion in life. Yeah, no, it, it was. It was uh, a showcase of that uh, indeed. And it uh it was interesting to see their dynamic and i i like these two actors it was good to see jason bourne and batman just getting along you know all right well yes i i love christian bale and matt damon i think the casting was just spot on for this film i thought it was just great uh tracy Letts, the guy that plays henry ford the deuce god i love that how they called him the deuce oh <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> it was funny you call him the turd. <laughs> Do his face, too. <laughs> Anyways. Uh. I thought his casting was incredible. Uh, John Bernthal as Lee Iacocca. I mean, come on. You couldn't have picked a better actor for that. That was great. Oh, yeah. No, that was great. And then um, one of my favorites, and I, it was kind of su a surprise, uh, Ray McKinnon as Phil Remington. Uh for those of you who watch 
the motorcycle shows on the televisions. Um, let me click on his name. Ray McKinnon was in both Sons of Anarchy and the Mayans as uh, Lincoln Potter. He's the uh, FBI agent that tries to take them all down. And oh. I think he did a phenomenal job in this movie as Phil Remington. I hope this signals his move more into film than TV, but who knows? We'll see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he, he did a great job. All right, Mike. So you ready for an uh, interesting discussion, I guess, a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of off topic, but not off topic. Um, the GT40, the car that they designed and built and raced, was re-released as a streetcar in 2005. I remember. Do you remember coming to visit me in New Mexico and seeing one? Yeah, I do think so. The Ford dealership in Podunk, tiny little Gallup, New Mexico. The owner of the Ford dealership bought a GT40. Well, okay, scratch that. It was not a 40 because they didn't have the naming rights. It was a Ford GT when I was there. He pre-ordered, not well, yeah, pre-ordered, I guess, ordered from the factory because there were only 4,038 made in the entire country between 2005 and 2006. The original asking price in 2005, on average, depended on the options, was $160,000. And a tiny little car dealership in Gallup, New Mexico, had one of these cars. It just floored me. And he drove it. He drove it around town all the time. Hey, man, you know, when you pay that much, hopefully you're going to drive it. Guess how much they're currently going for now. Oh, I don't know, man. Like 500000 Close. 400000 plus, again, depending on the options. Wow. The second generation Ford GT40, because now they do have the name 40 back with the company, was started in 2017, and they currently produce 250 of them a year oh i didn't know that so i thought that was just some interesting trivia because i got to see one of these super rare production gt40s i didn't get to sit in it obviously but i remember when they got it i went and photographed it for the paper and everything and god he was so proud of that car and i don't blame him that was a sleek car man and when they say it was low to the ground like sure the ones that they were raised in the 60s I'm sure we're lower to the ground than this one, but I mean, this, a Corvette is like a pickup truck compared to this thing, how close it is to the ground. It was wild. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's saying something I've, I've ridden in a vet and I felt like I was lying on the ground. Yeah. It it was pretty cool. Pretty cool. All right, Mike. So, uh, I think this film did a pretty good job to get back on topic. I guess I think this movie did a pretty good job on the realism I don't know 100% how accurate it was, but I think a large majority of it was very accurate. In the doc that Corolla did, they really don't go into the relationship between Carol Shelby and uh, Ken Miles a whole lot. They do a little bit, but not a whole lot, not like in this film. It's mostly an overview like a documentary would be, but I think it was pretty spot on. Um, interesting tidbit where they're driving and testing the car at uh, LAX. That was a hundred percent true, because oh, that's cool. Back then, that was one of the only places they could go 
and go flat out that was paved and test the car with that much asphalt. And do you know why they got away with it? No, I don't. Because they didn't really have flights at night back in the 60s. So they did all their testing. If you noticed in the film, when they're at LAX doing the garage stuff, they're racing that car around in the middle of the night. Well, that's what it is. It's because there's no flights. Oh, okay. Well, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I really enjoyed the... I I don't know if it was true or not, but I enjoyed the scene with uh, Matt Damon or Carol Shelby uh, taking uh, the deuce for a little ride in his his six million dollar car oh that was amazing that was a fantastic scene i'm not sure if that's true either it, again it wasn't in the dock but that really just solidified the amount of work and the skill and everything that went in to create this one car and all it took was him taking him for a ride that one time to for him to realize that like a normal person cannot drive a racing car. It takes training. It really does. Yeah, yeah. And uh I, I think this is true. Uh I didn't realize that Carol Shelby had a heart issue and he wasn't allowed to race anymore. And that's why he didn't really race anymore. Yes, and it was public. He uh when he finished Le Mans and he almost died because he almost died when he won Le Mans. Um, he came out publicly. They don't really touch on it in the film. They touch it in the doc. But he came out publicly saying that he had a heart condition and he cannot race anymore. And that's 100% true. Wow. It, it seems interesting because, you know, he, that's what all he wanted to do was just race some more. And he ended up having to, like, make make race cars, which is kind of like... I felt like it was... And it showed a little bit in the in the movie playing second fiddle to what he loves but you know he won Lama. he's the first american or whatever but it was just he wanted to do more and i mean he ended up creating this crazy brand and you know like it's still around today and everybody you know talks about the shelby mustangs and all kinds of stuff even now and then the uh Matt, there was a a person that was working with him. His name was McLaren. Does that have anything to do with the the car company, McLaren? I'm sure it does. I'm not. I should have done research on that. But yes, McLaren was one of the racers that raced in Le Mans, and I do believe he won Le Mans in one of them. I don't think it was in the Fords because I think no, I think that was Bob Bondurant. Um, Bob. Bob Bondurant, which those of you who live in Arizona should know that name because there's the Bondurant School of Racing down in Chandler, Arizona. It's the same dude. He won Le Mans as well. He actually quit the uh, Ford racing team and went to go drive for Ferrari. Wow. Yep. And what? Insp- and he actually uh, was inspired by uh, Le Mans and doing all that racing to do a racing school. And why he chose Arizona, I don't know. Probably because all the days of sunshine we got. But yeah, that was pretty neat. Pretty, pretty neat. B- Bondurant High Performance Driving School? Yep. So so that's where Christian Bale went to train. Yep, for four days. Yeah. So he went and he trained with... Uh, I don't know if uh, Bob was so much the one that was you know racing him around and stuff. But I'm sure he had his input and met with him and talked with him and stuff. 
I'm sure he has fellow lots of other instructors because I mean Bob I think is probably in his seventies or his eighties. He's not a young man anymore. Yeah, it's it's a little disappointing. This movie came out right after uh, Lee Iacocca died. He he uh, died just earlier this year. Yeah, he was he was a huge icon at Ford. Even though I'm not a Ford guy, everybody knows that name, Lee Iacocca. They do. All right, Mike. So, uh, anything else you want to add about this stellar film? Um. Oh, uh, I guess if I was going to say, should you see it in this in the, in the theater? I would say, yeah, it was it was good fun. This was a good movie. I would say, go watch this in the theater. I 100% agree, especially if you're a car person, because just being able to feel the rumbles of these race racing cars in your seat and just the sounds of the engines. Yeah, it's recorded, but it still is just, I mean, come on, it's a 427, people. That is just. Oh, music to the ears. Nice. Nice. All right, Mike, do I need to ask you how many reels you give it? Uh, or do you have no, more I'll... you want to add? Because you keep looking over at your iPad, I can tell. What What more yeah, do you want well, to add, I... Mike? What more do you want to no, add? No, I was just trying to see if I could find out any more uh, trivia. Uh, but I, th- I think I'm good. Um yeah, no, th- this movie was great, man. You know, one I'm interested in, I, don't, I wonder what uh, Ken Miles' son is up to. Because I know Ken Miles' son was at the premiere and things like that for this film, and I know he was a big um, uh, resource, I guess you would say. What's the... Anyways, he helped a lot with the filming of it and creative, everything. Yeah. Uh, creative? Yeah. Uh, creative... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He helped a lot with the you know, giving insight on his father and things that happen and things he, you know, I'm sure he helped the child actor that played him and things like that. I honestly wonder what he ended up doing with his life. I didn't look that up. I should have. I wonder if he went into racing or if he went the complete other way because his, you know, um, father died. Spoilers. Yeah. But. Yeah. 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 The brakes. Uh, that was pretty neat about the brake thing where they changed out the brake calipers. They're like, yeah, we can't get them to work, so let's just swap them out. Oh, not just the calipers, the whole assembly. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, they changed the whole assembly. assembly. And that was Phil Remington's design and everything on that, and that is 100% true. Yeah, that that, that was cool, man. Like, that was a neat idea. They're like, well, we don't have time to, like, redesign brakes, so we'll just change them. Yeah, yeah. Um. One thing that's a little depressing is where uh, Ken Miles died. He died at the uh, Riverside Raceway, which no longer exists. Uh, it existed when I was brought into this world, and my father actually went over there and watched quite a few races back in the day. They did a lot of testing out there in Riverside. A lot. Huh. Okay. Still kind of blows my mind, all these, you know, it seems like anything and everything that has really, like, been big in the past, I don't know, 50 years, maybe more than that has all kind of started or been related to California in one way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah, man. California, it's always got something going on. So weird to me. I don't know. I think it's just there's a lot of people, man. And there's a lot of different climates in California, so you can do a lot of different things. That's true. That's true. All right, Mike. Put down your iPad. There's desert. All right. I'm putting it it down. down. Put it down. How many reels? Hands up. Hands up. How many reels, Michael? Michael, how many reels? Uh, Michael? Th- three and a half reels. Three and a half? 
blasphemy. Three and a half. Oh, dude, let's see what he get. What, let let's see what uh, Matt Matt gives it. No, I went with a good solid four, almost four and a half, almost four and a oh. half. Oh, okay. I was teetering, but I went with four, four out of five reels. So speaking of reels, Mike, did you see another movie this weekend that you were supposed to see but didn't? Uh, no, I did not see Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> I wanted to. I just didn't get a chance. I saw it. I saw Jojo Rabbit. It was uh, it was good. It was decent. Uh, do you want to review it in the future or do you think not? Because if not, I will just give our ratings now. You know, I, I, I think I would like to review it. I just don't know when we're going to have time. Uh, what do we got going on next week? Do you know? I don't know what movies are coming out next week. Let's. I know there is a big movie that is coming out next week. Let's see. A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is what's coming out next week. And also 21 Bridges. Oh, Frozen 2, dude. No, I don't see that at all. Anything with a D <sighs> in front of it is just blocked. I don't see it. I don't see it, Mike. I don't see it. Speaking about the big D, you loving The Mandalorian? I think I like it so far. I'm 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 interested. We'll see how how it goes. Uh, I'm also pleased that I was able to contribute to the crashing of uh, Disney Plus on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, I was wondering how that went. Did you get your full twenty four hours of streaming? I didn't get full twenty four hours, but I did start uh streaming four devices at uh five thirty AM Eastern time, even before it was supposed to launch. And it was up and running and it worked fine then because no one knew it was up. Well I didn't have any issues, but I watched it I started watching it at ten o'clock on Monday. You started watching it on Monday? I went home and I was I was preloading the app to see if it was even there. And it was like, would you like to sign in? I'm like, all right, I'm gonna sign in. And then, what do I know? I got in, and I watched The Mandalorian. Oh, man. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. I guess they just put it live early. I don't know uh, They didn't tell. Going they on. didn't tell anyone when they were going to launch it. So I think they were trying to do that on purpose to try and keep it from crashing, but little did they know it crashed anyways. Uh, I figured with the promotion behind it, the cheapness of it, the everything, man, like all the pre-signups, like it was going to crash. They knew it was going to crash. I felt like they thought, well, if we release it on a Tuesday, it won't crash. They were yeah, wrong. Right. Yeah. But anyways, I, I, I like The Mandalorian. I think it's pretty good so far. We're only two episodes in. Uh, I Honestly, there were aspects of episode two I really enjoyed. But uh, episode as a whole, I wasn't a super huge fan. I think it needed some work. I enjoyed the premiere. I thought the premiere was pretty good. And that was directed actually by Dave Filoni. It was his live action directorial debut he's done uh, all the clone wars and rebels and resistance uh animated shows and this was his first live action directorial debut and i thought he did well so nice all right so which one do you want to watch next week mike which one beautiful day in the neighborhood 21 bridges dark waters not frozen 2 citizen k that's a documentary we're probably not getting that. Twenty one bridges. I don't even know what that one's about. You haven't seen the the uh, um, trailers for Twenty One Bridges, really? Yeah, they're playing. No, them I don't here. think so. Yeah, it's uh, the dude from Black Panther plays a cop. Oh, maybe I have seen that. Is that where he tries to shut down New York? Yes. All right, that's why. 
Yep, I've seen that. An embattled NYPD detective is thrust into a citywide manhunt for a pair of cop killers after uncovering a massive and unexpected conspiracy. All right, I I guess I'll do a beautiful day in the neighborhood with our with our boy Mr. Hanks from Big. Mr. Hanks, Lord Hanks. All right, well let's do that. A beautiful day in the neighborhood for next week, and possibly Jojo Rabbit if uh, Mike gets to the theater twice. Yeah. So, all right, Mike. Well, anything else you want to add for the old podcast episode number one hundred and forty six Ford V Ferrari? Uh, no, I just uh, keep up with us on the socials. Uh, you know, all those things. I think that's that's it, Matt. Did you want to say anything about? Um, do you have your clip at, at the end from uh, the radio? Or yes, please stick around. After our theme music, you will hear my wonderful interview with Lisa Life and Local on Magic 99.1, where I talk about Ford v. Ferrari, and I think I might also throw out uh, Jojo Rabbit. We'll see if I have time or if she gives me time. Radio's a fickle beast, Mike. They only have so much time. Okay. All right. Not like pods, where we have infinite time. Infinite. And yeah, you're falling asleep. Beer's empty. Time to move along. But definitely, definitely, I don't care if you're a car guy or not, this movie is definitely worth it to go see in the theaters. Car person or not, you'll love this film. All right, that sums it up, man. So uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening, and uh, catch our next pod. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now, go out and catch a movie. In studio with me now on Magic 99.1, Matt Henshaw from the Real Film Nerds podcast. Good morning. Morning, Lisa. Did you see a movie this weekend? Yeah, I know I you did. You probably saw two. Oh, yeah. I saw a few. <laughs> okay, what'd you see? I saw Vord versus Ferrari is the one I'm going to talk about. Okay. And then the other one I saw, I, I'll give a rating if we got time, but yeah. I saw uh, Jojo Rabbit. Oh, perfect. Okay, perfect. So what'd you think of Ford versus Ferrari? Came in number one at the box office, bringing in $31 million. Yeah, it was a surprise hit. Yeah. Uh, nobody expected it to do as well as it did. And I agree. I thought it was a very good film. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I didn't really hear anything about about it until it came out. Maybe that's why um, we didn't expect it to have such a great opening. Originally, it was supposed to come out in the summer. Oh, okay. It was supposed to come out in June or July, and, and they happened? pushed it back. I, I don't know why. Okay. Uh, probably, honestly, probably because of award season. Uh-huh. That's what my guess would sure, be. Sure, they do that a lot, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so tell me about it. Well, it is based around the true story of the 1960s Ford trying to buy Ferrari. Ferrari says, sorry, we are not going to sell to you. And so Ford goes and hires Carroll Shelby and a few other guys, quite a few other guys, and they build their own race team to compete at Le Mans against Ferrari. Okay. And what were they driving? Uh, Ferrari or what? No, Ford. Ford. They built their own car. They built the the GT40 is what it is okay. now. Yeah. All right. And it's just the story about how this it's, went down and who won. I'm assuming right. Ford won. Yes, they did. They <laughs> finally won. They finally won. Okay. Um, there's a documentary, not to plug something else on top of it, but I'm I'm pushing it on the pod and anybody else I talk to. If you have Netflix, there's a documentary on Netflix called the 24-hour war, it's based around this whole thing. It's a good 
film to see either before or after this because it gives you a lot more information into it. Okay. Um, Matt Damon, Christian Bale do an incredible job. Yes, this is about the race and then finally winning it later on because yeah. they didn't for a little while. Okay. But it's more about the relationship of Christian Bale's character and Matt Damon's character, Carol Shelby. Those of you who are motor car people know that name. Mm -hmm. And then Ken Miles, who was the driver of one of the GT40s that actually won that first Le Mans 66. Okay. So it's more about their relationship than the actual yeah, story. Yeah. I, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of building the car, designing the car, building the engine, the trials and tribulations they go through. And then the third act is the race. Okay. So I personally, I really enjoyed it. I'm not a huge car guy. I right. would say I'm probably better than average. Yeah. But I definitely suggest this is one you want to see in the theaters. Well, that's good. That was my next question. Do you have to be a car person to enjoy this film? No. No. Okay. No. And my daughter uh, and Mateo saw it in Finland, and they loved it, too. They thought it was great. So how many reels are you giving it? I give it four out of five reels. Four out of five reels. There you go. Yeah. Catch Matt's podcast at Real Film Nerds Podcast. Everywhere that you can uh, actually hear podcasts, right? Get the internets, yeah. There you Podca go. What do they call them? Podcaster. Podcaster podcasting, catching app, something, whatever. Okay. I don't know. Okay, perfect. And uh, real quickly, what did you give the other movie that you saw? Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Uh, it is not a must-see in the theaters. It is a good film. I thought it was going to be funnier. It was not bad. Hold off. Wait till it's on Netflix or another streaming service, but I give it as well four out of five reels. Fair recommendation. Thank you, Maddie.